Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran, a ministry of Worship Generation Church in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. We're going forward in the Gospel of Matthew. We are in chapter 10. Last week we saw where Jesus chose the 12 apostles and he gave them, he, he called them, he empowered them, and he sent them. So we know that these 12 apostles went out on some type of ministry adventure throughout Israel. Could have been weeks, few months maybe, where he paired them up in twos and they were teamed together. And they learned how to do ministry. And I mean, it's just being thrown right in the fire, right? These guys were everyday people just like us. And suddenly they're teamed up and off they go. And I can't even imagine the nervousness they felt going to the villages, whether they're accepted or rejected. I can remember in Virginia quite a bit when we started the church early on in Virginia, I would go out with my other assistant pastor and we'd go through neighborhoods inviting people to church. And it's just quite an adventure when you knock on people's doors uh, to just say hi and invite them to church and want to share Jesus with them. And you get really nervous. When I went to Vermont, I did the same thing. And it just, it's, it's a, if you've ever done it, it's pretty challenging. So props to the apostles who were fishermen just a few months before or tax collectors working for Rome a few months before. And now they're apostles serving Jesus Christ going about the ministry. So that's where we left off last week. We're in this chapter where he's called them and he sent them. And he told them last week, we saw it, that do not go to the Samaritans or the Gentiles, the non-Jews. That's for a later time. This is what you're focused on. Israel, if they accept you in the village, in the town, bring your peace to it. If they reject you, shake the dust off your feet and keep moving forward. So we continue from that text tonight in verse 16. We pick it up now in chapter 10. Jesus said this, continuing the thought which we just reviewed. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. But but when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you at that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now, brother will deliver up brother to death, and father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. And when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For surely I say to you, you will not have gone throughout the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor is a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple to be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, which is basically saying the devil, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there's nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. We'll stop here tonight and we'll have more again next week in the red letters of Jesus in this very famous, important chapter. Again, contextually, He's sending out the 12 apostles for their first journey. We know he'll send out a group of 70 later on while Jesus is still alive. And then after the day of Pentecost, when he's been crucified, risen, and ascended to heaven, 
He sends the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. They go forward, the early church, which is like we just mentioned, the women's ministry, be dynamic, studying that first local church in Jerusalem. The apostles impacted their region, and then they went out. And from Fox's Book of Martyrs, the famous book written in the 1600s, there is the record of tradition in the church of what those apostles did, where they all went out during their lifetime before they all stepped into eternity. Essentially, all of them were, were killed for their faith, with the exception of John, who wrote the Gospel of John according to church tradition. Now, as we look at this text, we see that it's for these guys in the time Jesus is alive. It's very, very unique. The things being described, it's very Jewish. Synagogues, family division, Jewish families being divided over Jesus being the Messiah and these sorts of things. And so we, we recognize that and we understand that, yeah, this is what they, they went through. And as we come forward tonight to our timeline and our place on planet Earth and our time in planet Earth in 2024, we want to look at this passage as it would apply to us. And the key phrase for us in application tonight where Jesus said, I, I, send, you out as, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. That is a very powerful statement. That, that's a very powerful statement because sheep are sheep. And sheep are known to be dumb and dumb animals. And they follow other sheep and uh, where wolves are known to be crafty. And we know that wolves prey on sheep. Sheep and wolves are something we're all familiar with. But here, I was thinking about this. When you think about Jesus using the figurative speech of his apostles representing him going out into the nation of Israel where many people would reject him, he says, your sheep among wolves. What a contrast, right? Later on in John, excuse me, in Matthew 25, Jesus talks about the end of the age and separating the sheep from the goats. The sheep are believers, goats are non-believers. So animal terminology is common in the Bible in this type of expression here. Sheep, wolves. No one likes to be bullied by a wolf, but it's far better to be a sheep for Jesus than to be a wolf for Satan. And when you think about it, everything's a contrast with the kingdom. There's a narrow gate that leads to life through faith in Jesus, and there's a broad path that leads to destruction, and many go thereby. There's light. Jesus is the light of the world, and believers are called the light of the world as well. And there's darkness, and men are in darkness, and men in darkness don't come to the light lest their evil deeds be exposed. There are those who are justified through faith in Jesus, and there are those who are condemned because they reject Jesus. It's always like that. The world is filled with givers, the body of Christ serving others, and takers, those who take. It's heaven and hell. It's, it's the way it is. So it's not surprising that Jesus would give us these two distinctions. See, our world and our culture wants to muddle everything together, right down to confusion over genders. The devil loves to blur the lines of right and wrong, truth and falsehood, absolutes, and make it ambiguous and ambiguity and, and make things that are boundaries that God has given of definition and make it all one big Instead of distinct paints and a beautiful painting of all the tapestry of human history and the work of the Lord and different peoples and ethnic groups and timelines and time zones, the devil just want to make it all muddy, just mixing paints like uh, just mixing paints where there's nothing beautiful from it. And that's what he's done. That's what he does. That's who he is. But there's a great distinction between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And there's a great distinction between sheep and wolves. So as we look at this text tonight, we need to realize if you're in Jesus, you're a sheep and you go to work with wolves and the world out there that rejects Christ is wolves 
and they reject Christ in different capacities and express it in different ways. But this planet right now, when Jesus looks at it, you can say he sees people that are saved and unsaved in the light, in darkness, heaven, hell, justified, condemned, or sheep and wolves. So that's our application for the topic. Our identity is in Jesus, which makes us sheep. Now, because we're sheep amongst wolves, he said, therefore, now there's two therefores in this text. The first therefore is at the beginning, and the last therefore is at the end of this text. This text tonight is bookended with therefore. So the first therefore is because we're sheep in a world of wolves, therefore, we're to be wise as serpent and harmless as doves. Wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. The other, therefore, is at the end says, don't worry about what they do to you because nothing's going to be hidden. It's not revealed and all come to light and God will have the final say and no one gets away with anything. So in case I forget to cover that later on, we just said it right there, okay? So this starts it out and this is how it ends. Now, being sheep among wolves, therefore, we need to have wisdom and be harmless. Now, when you think about wisdom and harmless, this is just important because it sets us up for the three points. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We read that, of course, in Proverbs. That's not the only place, but that's where we read it. And wisdom is, knowledge is to know the facts. Understanding is to know what they mean. And wisdom is to make the right decisions based upon the facts. So a person who gives their life to Christ, they've heard the gospel. they've, they've They've got the knowledge of the gospel. They understand that this is life. And apart from Christ is death. They receive Christ. And that's wise, because now you've passed from death to life. And now you're filled with the spirit to live a life of meaning. And now you're fulfilling your purpose in time, space, and matter. That's wisdom. And people that are saved have, have been saved through the wisdom of God, even it says in Corinthians, which is foolishness to the world, but it's the wisdom of God to save us through faith in his son. And we have the mind of Christ. And as we grow in the Lord, we grow in the scriptures, we grow in absolute truth and understanding. We know right and wrong. And we we're able to discern right and wrong. And we're able to read situations. We were able to understand situations and and read them. So wisdom is really like your words. So if you go through the book of Proverbs on a regular basis, most of the Proverbs deal with your words and being a woman of wisdom or a man of wisdom and your words reflect wisdom. But the fool has multiple words and just reflects folly and nonsense. And that's true in every generation as we know in ours. So to be wise as serpents is just to be aware and to, you know, to really have the wisdom of the Lord and be able to read a situation, understand the times and seasons, the prudent foresee evil, foresee evil and take refuge. It's to be able to read a situation. The person you see in the mirror, the people you, you share your residence with, to be able to read events, your finances, to be able to read what's going on in your neighborhood with your neighbors, to be able to read circumstances in your community, your state, the trends, where you live, your country, people, society. To understand the times and to understand maybe if things are going wrong at work and someone's giving you a hard time, to be able to step back and like understand what's really going on or to know that something could be going on much more than what you know because there's always more to the story. That's wisdom. But to be harmless as a dove isn't so much thinking and speaking. It's conduct. It's conduct. You ever seen an aggressive dove? You ever seen a pigeon? Well, I mean, pigeons get aggressive with the squirrels down at the beach there in Huntington, anyway, Golden West. But, but they're HB, you know, they're HB doves. are a little bit different. You know, HB pigeons, like, you know, they're, they're localized, right? So, uh, but really, when you think about a dove, you don't, when you picture a white dove, you don't picture, like, an aggressive bird. Like, you see crows fighting over roadkill or something. Like, you see crows are aggressive, you know, like, doves are harmless. They're, they're not a threat. 
I find it very interesting, and this is critical as we go forward in the rest of the text tonight. Jesus said, because we're sheep among wolves, we need to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. That's very powerful figurative speech. See, whenever Christians are associated with things that are lack wisdom or lack gentle kindness and humility, it, it discredits the Lord. And because we're going to look at persecution, the context of the passage is persecution on all fronts. You don't ever want to be persecuted because of your passion for politics with men or women. You want to be persecuted because you've got some dog and pony show that you've hooked your wagon to and it offends half the people in the country. I'll tell you why you want to be imprisoned or, or persecuted. For believing and representing Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. That's a good reason to be in trouble. But to be in trouble because you're a fool or you're religious and you're political and you act like a fool being religious and political. It's an election year, so I might as well say it. It, 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 It's not worth it. It's it's not worth it. I'm going to tell you right now, that's why I never say, that's why I'm apolitical. Because it doesn't, like, Jesus is my king. A hundred years from now, who can even, well, some of you could, but what's it even matter who the presidents were in the 1800s? Apart from Lincoln, like, you know, what's it like? I mean, we're living now, and eternity's coming. And so when Jesus says this, it's a real exhortation, especially in a Christianized nation like ours, to make sure as we're living our journey that we're living it for Jesus and our identity is in Jesus. And if someone's giving us a hard time, it's not because of things other than Jesus. I wish I'd known that when I was 30. There's a lot of things I wish I'd known when I was 30, but put that on the list. So the first thing we see when we think about being wise as serpents and gentle as doves, being cheap among wolves in this text is beware of men. Beware of men. Verse 17 is beware of men. <laughs> well, that's not, this is not the only place in the Bible where it says beware of men. Humanity is sinful, and we, are, we tend to be very selfish, and we tend to only care what's in our best interest, by and large, across the board. As I've mentioned, if you're, I remember in the 80s, being in Narita Airport in Japan, and they had t-shirts with Japanese figures that represented words, and, our, and the only thing they had was Ichiban, number one. And that's the one I wanted. That's why I bought that shirt. I wore a shirt that said number one in Japanese, Ichiban. I can assure you there was no other shirt in there that was number two in the, in the Japanese letters. Numero uno, no one ever says numero dos, right? I mean, Adin Deva, Deva is number two in Russian. In Russia, it's not, it's Adin is one and Deva is two. Like, that's just the way it is. Hanatur in Korean, right? Han is one, two is, is two. No one, like, we think about number one. If you study businesses, corporations, healthy cultures, the, 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 the companies and cultures and businesses do extremely well. They make everyone feel important and a part of the contribution of the success of the company. Great coaches in sports, this is why they're great. Because everyone feels important and they feel an ownership and they're all part of it. We want to feel that way. And if we feel minimalized and not a part of a victory that can be had, we're disengaged because we are inherently selfish. 
And no one wants to work hard. We're less inclined to work hard to make someone else look good when we're doing the work. We look out for ourselves. And because men and women are like this as a whole with a sinful nature, there's just no shortage of life of what you'd call telenovela, even with or without the Lord, that soap opera in Spanish. It's, it's just, there's drama all the time in the human experience because we're all essentially selfish and focused on ourselves. And the Bible, the Bible makes that very clear. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none who seeks after the Lord, no, not one. All we like sheep have gone astray, and the poison of an asp is on our tongues. So this is a tricky thing because just in general, apart from the Lord, we have to beware of men. You start a new job. Hi, it's my first day at work. Nice to meet you. I'll work hard. Work hard, right? Fighting. Let's go. Let's do it. But you know what? Like, you have no idea the culture of that workplace. You have no idea who preceded you in that job, who wants your job that didn't get the job, or who wants to boss you in that job. These are all things we don't know. You go to college, you start this professor's class, you have no idea what kind of professor that is, if they're tenured and whether they're teaching truth or falsehood, they're, they're driven to serve other people, they're driven with their agendas, and they don't even teach their subject for an entire semester, because you can get both for sure anywhere in the world. So really, in general, you can say, beware of men. Like, beware of women. Beware of humanity. People take advantage of other people. I just read in the Proverbs today, only a fool takes it at face value. But the prudent foresee evil and take refuge. You need to, you know, the bigger the stakes, the more important is to read the fine print. (laughs) The bigger the decision, the more important it is to to really have peace with the Lord about it. So, but we can't live in fear of making decisions because of humanity and how people might treat us, take advantage of us, hurt us, throw us under the bus, and those sorts of things. But in the context, it's because it's for Jesus. So we're talking about like going through hard times for Jesus in this context, that beware of men for Jesus because of the, the testimony. See, it says here, for his namesake. So we're talking about being aware of men who come against us for Jesus, for his namesake. So now this is having a hard time at work in society because your identity isn't, because you're a sheep among wolves and your identity is with Jesus, his namesake. Because every believer is a testimony. You saw the word there, testimony, in verse 18. Every believer is a testimony. We testify, we represent. So as we represent, in our society, our sports teams, our college classroom, our business, where we work, how we, how we conduct ourselves, wise as serpents, how we think, how we read the room, how we read a situation, how we act and react as gentle as doves, our actions proactively, our reactions, are we resp- responding, are we reacting, are we responding and thinking it through, those sorts of things. This is what Jesus said. And I found ministry for 35 years of ministering to believers who maybe had challenges with this situation, these people, these circumstances. We often misunderstand, we, we underestimate how much there's a spiritual battle at work behind the problems we have with people. Because the Bible tells us the whole world's been taken captive to do the devil's will, that we, the world lies under the sway of the wicked one, according to the prince of the power of the error, which is Satan. So sometimes you're at work, and you're like, why is this person so after me? I've, I've exceeded production of other people. I've worked hard. I show up on time. I do what the boss tells me to do. Yet the boss gives me a hard time. And this person over here who's been here longer or whatever doesn't work hard at all. Take, they take the credit for what I do. And they're trying to drive me out. Like, this happens all the time. And like, why does this person so have it against me? Well, as I said earlier, some people just don't like us. 
They don't like us because of our gender. They don't like us because of our ethnicity. They don't like us because of our age. There's lots of reasons someone just might not like you at all. And they particularly might not, might not like you because of your success or anything. But there is no shortage of people being led by the devil to not like you because of your testimony for Jesus. And you think, well, I don't really share at work. I don't put any flyers up on the wall for Greg Laurie's summer crusade or something. I don't, I'm not like that. I'm, not, I'm just kind of like, I just let my light shine. I try and work hard. Yeah, and if your light is shining, it's shining for Jesus. Your life, your worldview governed by Jesus and how you carry yourself at work and on a sports team or at college classroom and all that stuff, it is Jesus. Again, Charles Spurgeon, the famous British preacher, said, preach Christ and, if necessary, with words implying that our life does far more impact than our words, especially the people that see us closely, how we wise as serpents, gentle as doves. In this situation where you might have a hard time at work, as you pray through it, you might realize the devil is just pushing someone's buttons. Listen, I learned a long time ago, there's a cat. You know what that cat's name is? That cat from hell. There's a neighbor's dog. You know what that dog's nickname is? That dog from hell. Because that dog starts barking on Saturday at 9 a.m. And he'll go till 6 p.m. Saturday night the whole time I'm trying to work on a Bible study. And someone killed that dog in Virginia Beach. And the neighbor came to me and thought it was me. And I told him, he's a military guy. I said, I hated that dog. And I love dogs. I did not kill your dog. Because I went to his house one day, you know, like reacting And I was like, please, please, Heavenly Father, Holy God, in Jesus' name, don't let your dog bark for hours and hours and hours every single Saturday. Didn't happen on Friday. Didn't happen on Tuesday. Happened on Saturday, the day I prepared the Bible studies for Sunday in Virginia Beach. Someone actually killed that dog. I didn't do it. Someone poisoned it. That's why a lot of cities have a, you know, like, little laws about 30-minute barking dogs and stuff like that. Not that anything really gets enforced at the same level anymore, but still... If the devil uses animals to create mayhem, Don McClure had a whole Bible study called The Cat from Hell. He literally dropped the cat off in Sacramento from San Bernardino. He drove it to Sacramento, and that cat made it home. True story, Don McClure. He said, if there ever was a possessed animal on planet Earth, it was our cat. It was the cat from hell. I never forgot that message, 1989, got redoubled this day. The cat took three months to get back through the, you know, the grapevine and everything and make it home. You know, animals, you never can underestimate them. And it was the cat that tormented Pastor Don McClure when he pastored in San Bernardino. So if the devil can use animals and possess pigs like we already saw in this gospel, you can be for sure the devil will use corrupt, evil, sinful, selfish people to harass you, to give you trouble, and to, without apology, try and wreck and ruin everything good in your life. We can't be surprised by that. In fact, Jesus said this. You, you, you might be falsely accused at work. Because he's talking about, you know, his context, but we could look at ours. You might be wrongly accused at work. I was wrongly accused. I've been wrongly accused before. I've been rightly accused before, so I'll tell you that too. But I've been wrongly accused and, you know, you, accusations are tough because it's usually like an element of truth to it, but then they twist it against you. Do you know what I'm saying? In workplaces, like how that can go so subtly because the devil's the master of doing that kind of stuff. He's the father of lies and deception. 
But Jesus said to them, don't worry about what you'll say. So the application of beware of men when they're, or women when they're coming against you and they're attacking you before your boss, before your friends, you had a friendship, they came in the new friend and they turned your friends against you. Like, how did this even happen? Right? Like you have a sports team. You've had unity for 10 years as the coach, stability in a high school program. These people come in. They're poisonous. They're toxic. The parents are toxic. They take it over and they train wreck everything you built for 10 years. It happens all the time, particularly to men and women who are godly and shining for Jesus. And the devil looks for that opportune time and tries to destroy it. If that ever happens to you, and it will. So I would just look what Jesus says. He says, don't worry about what you'll say. When we're born in the spirit, we're born of the spirit. When we're born again, we're born again, and we have the Holy Spirit with us. And Jesus said in the Gospel of John, he will guide us in all truths, he'll bring to remembrance the scriptures, and he'll give us discernment, and we'll, we'll know. So don't, don't get too worried about it. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our church YouTube channel. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. For more information about Pastor Joey personally, you can follow him on his Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Oh.